Hello everyone, and welcome to the Commander's Forge. My name is Andy Bentley, and I am your host. Now, the Commander's Forge is an area for me to talk about magic, and commander, and anything to do with it, in ways that I see fit. And today we're going to talk about some burnout. Now, what do I mean by burnout? I mean, when you actively do not want to play magic because you're either a burnt out from playing magic or B in my case burnt out from everything else. I've been working overtime for the last couple of months and it's really taken a toll on uh, well everything. I don't have the energy that I should have. I'm struggling to stay awake most days. It just, I needed to step away from magic for a little bit. And that's fine. We, we shouldn't feel bad for having to take a break. We shouldn't feel like we're letting anybody down and we shouldn't feel like it's an obligation for us to play. This is a hobby. And sure, for some it's a lifestyle, but uh, I have a day job. Now, burnout can really affect people. Uh, in my case, it can, uh, can really kick off the depression uh, this time hasn't been so bad. I've just been exhausted. And that's, that's really all I got to say about it. I've been uh, just trying to uh, get by, trying to make it through this. And I will get back to playing Magic fairly soon. Uh, but for now, you know, I'm just trying to take it easy on my day off and relax alright that'll do it for the first part of the podcast I know it's relatively short but I'm pretty sure the next part isn't going to be because we're going to talk about some Naya robots hey did you know that for as little as a dollar a month you can help support this podcast all you have to do is go to patreon.com slash commandersforge, and that is cmdr underscore forge. That's, that's it. That's all I got to say about it. If you want to help support the podcast, you can go there. Okay, welcome back. Now... In regards to Naya robots, it's fair to say that it originally was Bant robots. The original commanders were Ichtekic Salvage Splicer, which is a 1-1 one, one for 4 and a green, but whenever it enters the battlefield, you create a 3-3 three, three golem artifact creature token, and whenever an artifact is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, you put a plus one plus one counter on him and each golem you control and it has partner 
Now, originally he was partnered with Ishai Ojitai Dragon Speaker, which is two, a white and a blue for a 1-1 one, one that says whenever an opponent casts a spell, you put a plus one plus one counter on Ishai. But with the release of Strixhaven, the Lorehold had enough artifact synergies that I wanted to change the deck. So I cut blue and added red. And I did that by changing my partner to Bruce Taro Boorish Herder, which is two, a red and a white for a 3-3. Three, three. When he enters the battlefield or attacks, target creature you control gains double strike and lifelink until end of turn. And of course he has partner. Uh, I went with this one instead of going with Akiri because I know somebody else that runs Naya Robots and his partner is Akiri, so I just kind of wanted to make it a little different. And that's, yeah, that's the main reason. Now, the two to three reasons why I changed the deck uh, again, come from two of them from the Lorehold Commander deck. The first one being Alibu, Ancient Witness, which is three, a red and a white. It is uh, a four five. This says other artifact creatures you control have haste, and whenever one or more artifact creatures you control attacks, uh, he deals X damage to any target. And you scry X where X is the number of tapped artifacts you control. More importantly, though, he is a golem. Because this deck slides into golem tribal doing crazy stuff with artifacts. After that, we had Wake the Past, which is five, a red and a white for a sorcery that says return all artifact cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. They gain haste until end of turn. Again, golem decks, so not necessarily based on just making golem tokens, but a large part of it is there's still a lot of large golems in the deck. So after a board wipe, just bring them all back and swing. And I was going through stuff and I realized Jorkadine, the prevailer, is just kind of fun in this deck. Uh, so he's three, a red and a white for a four, five with first strike. He has metalcraft, And that means that creatures you control get plus three, plus zero, as long as you control three or more artifacts. So we start just loading on excess damage with all of our golem tokens. It's, I, he just went in the deck, so I don't know if he's going to be a permanent fixture, but I wanted to try it. Now, the other thing that I really wanted to do with this deck was uh, bring in the Splicers, which originally in Bant allowed me to run all of the Splicers, but I had to cut the one blue one that gives them flying. But, that, you know, that's fair. So first up, we have Mall Splicer, which is six in a green for a 1-1. One, one. When it enters the battlefield, you put two 3-3 three, three golo colorless golem artifact creature tokens out of the battlefield and golem creatures you control have haste then we have vital splicer which is three and a green for a one one 
And when Vital Splicer enters the battlefield, you put a 3-3 colorless golem artifact creature token onto the battlefield, and you can pay one to regenerate target golem you control. Then we have Blade Splicer, which is two and a white for a 1-1. When it enters the battlefield, you put a 3-3 golem into play, and golem creatures you control have first strike. Then we have Sensor Splicer, which is four and a white for a 1-1. That puts a 3-3 into play. And golem creatures you control have Vigilance. And then Master Splicer is three and a white for a, you guessed it, 1-1. That also, you guessed it, puts a 3-3 into play. And it gives golems you control plus one plus one. Now, obviously this is only five cards out of a hundred. And... Honestly, they work more as a um, anthem for our golems than to necessarily generate a ton of golems. But to that end, we are running effects like Flicker of Fate, which is one and a white for an instant to exile target creature or enchantment, then return it to the battlefield under its owner's control. Or Eerie Interlude, which is two and a white to exile any number of target creatures you control and return those creatures to the battlefield under their owner's control at the beginning of the next end step. Or Acrobatic Maneuver, which is two and a white for an instant that says exile target creature control, then return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control and draw a card. And Ephemerate, which is a single white for an instant that says exile target creature control, then return it to the battlefield under its owner's control but it has Rebound. Rebound means if you cast a spell from your hand, you exile it as it resolves, and then at the beginning of your next upkeep, you may cast it from exile without paying its mana cost. So it kind of gives you two shots. Uh, then we have Settle Beyond Reality, which is four and a white for a sorcery. And it's the only flicker source we have that is a sorcery, but you can exile a creature you don't control in addition to exiling a creature you control and then returning it to the battlefield. So the, the trade-off, it's more expensive and a sorcery, but it does what we want to do and then extra. And then, of course, we have the uh, Eldrazi Displacer, which is two and a white for a 3-3. Three, three. You can pay two and a colorless to exile a creature you control, then return it to the battlefield, tapped under its own control. Those are those are the uh, the flicker effects for anything, but with the addition of red, where blue can uh, recur artifacts to either the hand or the top of the library, we get to run stuff like Goblin Welder, which is a single red mana for a one one. You can tap it to choose target artifact a player controls and target artifact card in that player's graveyard. If both targets are still legal as this ability resolves, that player simultaneously sacrifices the artifact and returns the artifact card to the battlefield. Or we've got uh, Kuldotha Forge Master, which is a 5 mana 3 5 construct sadly not a golem but you can sacrifice three artifacts to search your library for an artifact card and put it onto the battlefield then shuffle your library trash for treasure is a one-shot goblin welder for two and a red 
As an additional cast of cost, trash for treasure, sacrifice an artifact, return target artifact card from your graveyard to the battlefield, and it's a sorcery. Doretti Scrap Savant is three in red for a Planeswalker with three loyalty that says plus two. Discard up to two cards, then draw that many cards. Minus two, sacrifice an artifact if you do return target artifact card from your graveyard to the battlefield. And minus ten, you get an emblem with whenever an artifact is put into your graveyard from the battlefield, return the card to the battlefield at the beginning of the next end step. And finally in this category, we added Slowbad, Goblin Tinkerer. One in a red for a 1-2 that says sacrifice an artifact and target artifact gains indestructible till end of turn. Those all play with Ichtekic's second ability of whenever an artifact goes into our graveyard, we're going to start putting counters on him and all of our golems. But we also have a couple artifacts that facilitate that, the first one being Throne of Geth. It's a two-mana artifact. You can tap it, sacrifice an artifact, and proliferate. And the next three are artifacts that like to sacrifice themselves. The first one being Chromatic Star, a single mana for an artifact. It says one tap, sacrifice Chromatic Star, add one mana of any color. But when it's put into a graveyard from the battlefield, you also draw a card. Wayfarer's Bauble, which is a single mana for an artifact. You can pay two and tap it and sacrifice Wayfarer's Bauble to search your library for a basic land card. Put the card under the battlefield tapped, and then shuffle your library. And Voyager Staff, which, in addition to being a one-man artifact that you can pay to and sacrificing itself, it also flickers a card, meaning you exile a target creature, return that exile card to the battlefield under its owner's control until the beginning of the next end step. Now, this kind of unintentionally became a token deck, and by unintentionally, I mean it, it, it was pretty much intentional. Uh, and to that point, uh, my doubling season ended up in here, which is four and a green for an enchantment that says, if an effect would add one or more tokens out of the battlefield under control, it puts twice that many tokens onto the battlefield instead. But also, if an effect would place one or more counters on a permanent control, it places twice that many of those counters on that permanent instead. Parallel lives... Three and a green, if an effect would put one or more tokens onto the battlefield under control, it puts twice that many tokens onto the battlefield instead. It's functional reprint, anointed procession, which is three and a green, that says if you would create one or more tokens under control, it creates twice as many. And then we're running hardened scales because we're throwing plus one plus one counters everywhere in this deck. Uh Again, with the counters theme, we have the Ozolith, single mana, legendary artifact. Whenever a creature you control leaves the battlefield, if it had counters on it, you put those counters on the Ozolith. At the beginning of combat on your turn, you may, uh, if the Ozolith has counters on it, you may move all the counters from the Ozolith on to target creature. Uh, unwinding clock is just kind of funny when you have you know, five golem tokens, but it is unwinding clock is four mana for an artifact. Untap all artifacts you control during each other player's untap step. Uh, Panharmonicon is four for an artifact. And if an artifact or creature entering the battlefield causes a triggered ability of a permanent you control the trigger, that ability triggers an additional time. 
Now this doesn't trigger on Ichtech's second ability, but it will trigger on his first and you will create more golems and more golems is a good thing. Uh, and then finally we have Helm of the Host. Four mana, legendary artifact equipment. At the beginning of combat on your turn, create a token that's a copy of equipped creature. Except the token isn't legendary if the equipped creature is legendary, and the token gains haste, and it equips for five. So if you put Helm of the Host on Ichtekic, the new Ichtekic will come in, make a golem, and then if you have a way to sacrifice something, they all get two counters. So it's it's got that je ne sais quoi. It's just it's Helm of the Host. Everyone loves Helm of the Host. Alright, and to round it out, we mentioned that it was a golem deck. So what are some of the other golems we're running? Well, first up, we have Garden, uh, Golem Guardian. It is 4 mana for an artifact creature golem. It has Defender. It is a 4-4. Four, four. But you can pay 2 and Golden Guardian fights another target creature you control. And when Golden Guardian dies this turn... You return to the battlefield under your control, transformed. And it transformed into the Gold Forge Garrison. It's a land. It can tap to add two mana of any one color to your mana pool. And you can pay for, tap, and create a 4-4 four, four colorless golem artifact creature token. So this kind of plays a couple of different spots in the deck. One, when you turn it into a land, it's just a little extra mana. But again, it can pump out golem tokens, which will again start getting bigger. Uh, the next golem after that is Golem Artisan. It is a 5 mana 3 3. But you can pay 2 to give target artifact creature plus 1 plus 1 to end a turn. Or you can pay 2 to give target artifact creature your choice of flowing, trample, or haste until end of turn. After that, we have Howling Golem, which is a 3 mana golem. It is a 2 3. And whenever Howling Golem attacks or blocks, each player draws a card. Next up, we have the Colossus of Akros, which is an 8-mana 10-10 with Defender and Indestructible. It has, for 10, Monstrosity 10. If the creature isn't monstrous, you put 10 plus 1 plus 1 counters on it, and it becomes monstrous. As long as Colossus of Akros is monstrous, it has Trample and can attack as though it didn't have Defender. Brass Herald is a 6-mana golem. It is a 2-2. Two -two. As it enters the battlefield, you choose a creature type. When it enters the battlefield, you reveal the top 4 cards of your library. You put all of the revealed cards of the chosen type revealed this way into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in any order. Creatures of the chosen type get plus 1 plus 1. So you drop it, you say golem, all of your existing golem tokens get a pump, and then you get to dig on the top to try and find another golem. Which, in, there's seven, eight more in the deck. So it's not guaranteed to hit, but, you know, it hits enough. And we have our good old friend, Solemn Simulacrum, the sad robot himself. Four mana, two, two. When Solemn enters the battlefield, you search your library for a basic land card, put it into play tapped, and then shuffle your library. When it dies... You draw a card. Then we have Meteor Golem, 
which is a 7-mana golem. It is a 3-3. When it enters the battlefield, you destroy target non-land permanent and opponent controls. And then we have Phyrexian Tritiform. 9-mana, nine 9-9. Nine, nine. When it dies, you create 3... 3-3 three, three, colorless golem artifact creature tokens and it has encore 12 what that means is you can pay 12 exile this card from your graveyard and for each opponent you create a token copy that attacks that opponent this turn if able they gain haste and then you sacrifice them at the beginning of the next end step you can activate this only as a sorcery so with itch techic out you Let's say we sacrifice this to something. Make three golems. Then we pay the 12 mana. Make three token copies of it. The token copies are still artifacts. We attack with them. And then we have to sacrifice them. Ichtekic sees them die. And puts two counters on everything. And then we make nine more three threes yeah good things good times and finally the last card we're going to talk about the biggest the baddest of the golems blightsteel colossus 12 mana 11 11 with trample infect indestructible and if Blightsteel Colossus would be put into a graveyard from anywhere, reveal Blightsteel Colossus and shuffle it into its owner's library instead. Uh, am I a bad guy for running Blightsteel? Probably. But I'm also a firm believer in games gotta end. And I don't think this deck is terribly overpowered to begin with. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's Naya Robots in a Shell. And, uh, I do believe that will bring us to the end of the podcast. Now, wherever it is you listen to the podcast, be it YouTube, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Casts, any of that. Drop a like, drop a follow. Every little bit helps. And I will see you next time. That brings us to the end of the podcast. I would like to thank Nate and Erica Jacobs for designing my logo, and Cody Mulpey and Ian Foss for allowing me to use a sample of music from their band, The Crypt. The podcast can be found on YouTube by searching Commander's Forge. The podcast is Commander's Forge, that is C-M-D-R underscore Forge, on Twitter. I can be found on Twitter at Bentzmister, that is B-E-N-T-Z-M-R. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next time. And until then, here's to fun games and sick plays.